But you've don't you think you've already proven your worth as the quarterback I mean, of the Bears? You just rolled your eyes a little bit, uh, but I, I figured I'm going to ask a question I know the answer I to, think, but I want to hear it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I've, I've shown a little bit, but I don't think I've shown uh, the world what I can do in terms of, you know, playing the full quarterback position and playing it consistently, you know. Mm -hmm. I think there were, you know, some times this year where, you know, I was better than others, you know, late the, like my last game of the season against the Lions, that 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 won a good game. So just being more consistent, you know, for my teammates, for my coaches, and, you know, f for the fan base. So uh, you know, once I do that, once I you know just keep progressing and keep getting better, then I'll be good. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, six seven of the score. That is the voice of Justin Fields. He was on with Rich Eisen around the Super Bowl, wasn't it? On the yeah, it was uh, last NFL week. NFL Network yep. last week, and um, and he did a, another podcast. Um, was it, well, it came out yesterday, right? The, um, pardon my take, pardon my take podcast. And he, it's interesting to hear him there because he talks about how he, um, how he hasn't shown all that he can do at the quarterback position. And, you know, we saw this, uh, extraordinary running ability that he showed, but if you break down the numbers, they're not as good as, uh, as you would hope. And, um, you know, it was kind of interesting to hear Colin Cowherd um, talk about Justin Fields yesterday. He gave four reasons he believes the Bears should trade Justin Fields. Now, I think it's an interesting argument. It's an argument that, that you got to have. Um, I don't agree with it. Who altogether. has to have it? Ryan Poles? Oh, Ryan Poles. Yes. It's not an – I think it's a conversation. I, I know why, I I know why you said argument. It's a it's a theory that you need to look at in a whole fashion, I, I, all sides of the of what the issue would be. You do. You have to examine it. Yeah. You have to look at pros and cons. Yeah. I I think that when you look at it again from my perspective, you could talk yourself into saying that you need to trade somebody who you didn't draft, and you could find reasons if you're looking for them. No question. Or you could find reasons to say you have so many other things to do. He has taken a step in year two. You can see him ascending in year three. Let's see what we have here. Let's develop and play to his strengths and build around him. But the argument is out there, and the conversation is not going to stop until you know the draft, and it is February 15th, and we have a long time before between now and draft day. So I guess when you hear guys like Colin Coward make these arguments, it is a good discussion point. So this is part of what he had to say on Tuesday. And whereas with Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, I saw tremendous, staggering growth year one to year two, I didn't with Fields. He's more YouTube star, sensational plays, but the little stuff, footwork, accuracy, I think you have to consider it. Here's four reasons. One more season of average to bad, and you'll get nothing for him. Secondly, the Bears have a defensive coach and a defensive culture, and they didn't draft him. He's not their guy. Third, Chicago probably won't have the number one pick for a while. I don't think they'll be good, but you're not going to be in this territory again. Use the opportunity. And four, you had Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith, and you couldn't win games. You think Will Anderson is going to come in and turn the franchise around? Okay, so I, I think that the first point is the only one that makes sense to me. I, I think that the rest of it is, is kind of just... You know, Why the, does the, the first point that, make, make sense to you? Well, because these are, this is the reality of sports. 
that when you are you strike when the iron is hot, right? Justin Fields may never have better value than he has after that season. Now, maybe he has a lot more value. Maybe he can make the jump and become a better passer, and I'm still hopeful that's the case. But right now, he's had this remarkable season that didn't translate into wins at all. But I think that always – and I understand that because that is the way executives think, and that's the way executives talk, and that's the way pro sports goes. I always wonder this, though. Is that value – that you can quantify with draft picks and you take advantage of a guy when he is theoretically at his peak, when the potential is the highest. Yeah. Is that more than what he's worth to you potentially in, in, in terms of production, in terms of taking you to the next step? Maybe not to the Super Bowl yet, but Molly, I think that in, in developing a guy that, you, that was drafted by somebody else, that doesn't really matter who drafted him if he helps you win. I, I agree with you. Next year, I agree with you, and i I don't know, I, I don't know that I would ever make that move. I'm just saying, uh, among his points, that is the only that one was that makes the, that was the, the one sense, yeah. that I would have to balance, and that would be the one. Like I would have to ask myself, okay, what did we do? Where did we succeed with him, and where did we fail with him, and where do we believe he's at? I mean, has has his ability as a passer. What we saw from from Jalen Hurts was a guy that that you know improved as a passer when he went to Oklahoma and worked in that system. Got into the NFL and really the the strengths of his game are the strengths that he had when he was at Alabama and that being his leadership, his toughness, his strength. Um all of those things are kind of intangibles. And I think we've seen leadership and toughness and strength from Justin Fields. And it's why we want to make those comparisons. But what happened is he beat is with, uh, with Hertz is he became a more accurate, better passer. And he's a very good down the field passer. Uh, we don't know that about fields. We think he is. We think he is based on what he did in college, but can he just complete the kind of normal throws that you got to have? Can you win with him without running a gimmicky run offense. I, I think you can, and I think that there's enough to explore that I would not make that. I would not make that choice. I think he's earned that in this past season. He yes. earned the chance to yes. prove that he's just getting started. Totally agree. And and I think it also, from a very practical standpoint, you have so many other issues to address that I'm not sure that you can afford your organization the luxury of trading a starting quarterback who you feel like is established because of the intangibles you describe and hitting reset again. You, you don't want another 14-loss season. And if you, frankly, draft a rookie quarterback, number one, or if you trade Justin Fields and accumulate assets that allow you to you know, have this draft uh, capital and in in this, this fortune of draft picks over the next several years – I don't know if that's if that's better than the alternative right now when you have what you have in a young quarterback and and building around him makes sense makes more sense to me than getting rid of him. So I respect Colin Coward because I think he's a compelling analyst and I think he he frames things in a way that makes you think and we're talking about it certainly. But I also don't think he does the tenures of Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith in Chicago, a service, he does it a disservice by reducing it to, well, they dismissing it out of hand. You know, in 2018, when they traded for Khalil Mack, uh, 
and they had Roquan Smith, that was a Super Bowl caliber defense. It was with with Vic Fangio and yes. Khalil Mack yes. and the impact he yes. made with Akeem Hicks and the other yes. guys around him. Eddie Jackson had a Pro Bowl year. In 2018, that was an impactful defense. That was a significant move. And it did prove to me, and I should to Chicago and the Bears, you get a guy like Will Anderson, and maybe not next year as a rookie, but a player on defense that can rush the passer and change game plans can change a season, can change a game, can wreck a game plan. So I, I don't I don't buy that in terms of well, you know, he dismissed the impact a guy like that can have. The, the idea would be that you trade Justin Fields toward like the ninth pick in the draft, and then you draft a quarterback with the number one pick, who's your guy, who you develop, and then you take whatever, whoever the best defensive player. Or you take player. his receiver from Ohio State. Or, oh, know. no, but the, if you get C.J. Stroud, right. that would right. be – or or if you get Bryce Young and another offensive tackle, whatever the case would be. Yeah, you, right. you get two in the top but, ten. But I, I don't like that I, idea. I don't, I don't I don't like the idea. I like the idea that you've got the quarterback set and that you trade the first overall pick to a team that maybe you move down slightly, but you get something – added i mean here's the thing you gave away your team you effectively traded anybody that you thought was halfway decent you got rid of everybody and you wound up with one pick in the top 50 of the draft you need more so you trade that one pick to get more and if you can get something next year that's awesome that's ideal that's would be you, the you ideal you helped orchestrate a 14 yeah. loss season that you, puts you in a you position did. you to, didn't help you you orchestrated it I, I mean, you really did. You did that on purpose. You did. Uh, you did whatever you could, right, David? What if they whatever it takes? What if they had beaten the Patriots? And that wasn't a great Patriots team, but they went in and won that game, mm-hmm. at, which was their best win of the year, by the way, um, because it wasn't a fluky thing. And it, it was the best them. moment it, of yeah, the season. It, it was. But if you if you then kept your team together, what could you have done? Could you have won? Four more games? And I understand this worked out. You got the number one pick. But I'm saying they orchestrated that by trading away uh, uh, first Well, your Robert defense Quinn wasn't then, competitive no, after you got you right rid of Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. Yeah, you did not have a front seven. You, you did not. Was good so enough to play. Th- that's it kind of it, right. it goes without saying. Right. Here's, here's the thing that brings us to all, the other news yesterday, which I think is interesting to consider when you're talking about what the Bears do with Justin Fields or what they do with that pick. Shane Steichen was introduced as the Colts head coach. Yes. He is a offensive coordinator of the Eagles. Yes. And we talked about the, the Considered league. a quarterback developer. Yes. Because of Jalen Hurts' That's the key. That's Young it. quarterback in Indy now makes sense. Yes. Even Jim Irsay, to the point where Chris Ballard shot him a look in talking about what the Colts now are going to do in – maybe getting that young quarterback for their new head, young head coach, 37 years old. You think he's going to get a veteran in his 30s? No. No. He's been there and done that. He's coached Phillip Rivers. They're buddies now. But they're going to go after a quarterback as high as they can. And, you know, they can be – they're in a position to trade with the Bears at, from number four, jump to number one. So I think the in, increase the likelihood – that the Colts will be willing to make a deal with the Bears after they hired a 37-year-old offensive-minded head coach. 
I mean, they did not hire that guy to develop a car to, to make a move for another veteran quarterback and or, pay more or money. Or to say, well, c- no. come here, Aaron Rodgers. They want a quarterback. Yeah. And, and you would think that, that just based on the type of quarterback that they've had there, right, you know, Phillip Rivers or, uh, you know, and he worked with Phillip Rivers, um, you know, Matt, all the, I mean, a Will Levis type of quarterback, a bigger, stronger type of guy might be what they would prefer at number four. What's interesting is like a guy like uh, Richardson, you know, he's like six foot three, six foot four, 240. That guy is a really interesting player, not at number four, but if they were to move down, they, that might be something that Somebody they're between in. 10 and 20 is going to take a chance in Anthony Richardson. And, could it hit and a year from park. now, we might be talking yeah. about how everybody missed on yes, him. Yes, exactly. That's, exactly. that's compelling. So it, it does bear hearing from Colts owner Joe, Jim Mersey because of what he said and how that it could potentially affect the Bears because it looks like the Colts are going to be all in on drafting a quarterback as high as possible. Shane clearly was the man, and, and uh, um, it was very exciting because um, we had a lot of great candidates at that point. It was a close uh, contest, but after talking to Shane, I, I, Chris and I both felt, wow, um, he's clearly our, our guy above the pack. So we just felt that, that Shane um, had a lot of that offensive magic which is hard to find in this league it's offense in my mind can be a little more complex and takes a longer time to develop uh knowing that we're going to have to find a young quarterback to develop um that's a key factor okay here are so, my cards yeah, there you go let me lay them out in front of you we'll play a hand of poker God but bless. I'm so good at bluffing that you can see my cards. <laughs> and at that point, I think Ballard did kind of look like, okay. Like, yeah. You know what you just did here. You, exactly. You betrayed every He blurted out. Yes. That executives live by. He blurted it out. He blurted it out. And the plan is to draft a young quarterback. We may trade up to get him, and we're willing to give up as much as – I mean, it, it's crazy that he said that, but that's the reality of the situation they're in. Bryce Young would be appealing, you would think, to a guy like Shane Steichen, who has coached Jalen Hurts. You you look at Bryce I think Young. Hurts a big, strong guy. Yeah, but I think in terms of the mobility and not the big enough. I, I I'm not going to sit here and make an argument for Bryce Young, but I just think that people are going to look at him as the number one quarterback that's going to come off the board. See, he's got to he's got to weigh 200 pounds. I'm just saying he's. We agree on this. Yes. Okay. okay. We we agree on this. Yeah. But I also am encountering our opinion of what Bryce Young could be and might not be with a guy like Dan Orlovsky from ESPN. Did you see him yesterday? Compare Bryce Young to Steph Curry, and he thinks that he's got this special quality that he's going to change the game and be that kind of quarter. I don't know about yeah, I, that. I, I he's he's a hot take artist in my opinion. I'm not against Orlovsky or anything. It's just. Every time I hear him talk, and this is the problem with the draft, it's all these extreme comparisons. They are extremes. We never compare like we never compare a guy to a rank and file player, which has got to be what you do when you're actually drafting him. He will be as good as this, but if we hit on him, he's going to be this good. 
but you got to go with the the lower opinion as opposed to pie in the sky. Yeah, stuff. you don't want to get too carried away and over your skis when you're evaluating prospects He's because it's Steph all about Curry. potential. I He's don't going to change the I, game to I, a point. I'm just saying, I, I don't want. I'm be, attributing that because I don't want it yeah. to pretend like it's coming from me because I don't Thank believe God. that at all. Yeah. Here's the thing about Jim Mercey though. He, as we have seen, is an owner that gets his way. Yeah. And he's an owner that's not afraid to meddle. He's trading up. He's trading up. He's getting the best quarterback that he, he likes. The question would be yeah. now, I think. Poor Chris. You, you, you look at the timing element. We're not in a, in a point in the NFL calendar where there's any sense of urgency. I don't know when that arrives, but I do know that in a month from today, we'll be talking about what free agents are signing where. I do think that both teams might want to have more clarity with what they're looking for before that point. Is that overly optimistic, Molly? Is that realistic to think that the Bears and a trade partner could get a deal done before free agency? Or is this going to go up to draft night? Do you think it's going to be when they're literally on the clock? Well, I hope it's like three days before and they get that uh, Niners deal, right? Where you get all those picks and everything uh, lined up for you when you've given up the pick and then you could – even trade again if you wanted to. What if, you, on the if, clock. What if, what if in two weeks yeah. Ryan Poles hears from Chris Ballard, who is sitting next to Jim Mersey, who's tapping his pencil nervously, and they make him a deal and they say, let's swap spots. We'll give you a future first, we'll give you a second, and we'll give you a, 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 four, a third. Well, Chris worked with Ryan Poles, so he's on the phone with Ryan. Hey, how you doing? Catching up on the family stuff, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, you hear in the background, let, let me talk to her for a second. And all of a sudden, Foster, Foster Brooks is on the phone. We'll give you six first-round picks over the next five years. Yeah, that would be, that would be my fear for, for poor Chris will they throw in Will they throw in a John Fogarty guitar? And I'll, <laughs> give me the, the highlight of my collection. Let's, let's, uh, let's squeeze in Mike. Mike's in South Florida. Hey, Mike. Hey, good morning, guys. Great conversation so far. Real quick, two points. Number one, I think when it comes to the value the Bears are going to get for the trade, uh, number one, I think we're going to see unprecedented value. You know, think about if it was the Vikings and the Bears in that one and four position, or or uh, two and four, I should say, with Houston and Indy, and you're trying to get to the number one, right? You have somebody like Pace who would sell the farm to get up to number one. And number two, I think we have the answer on whether or not the Bears keep Justin Fields. And that man is Ian Cunningham, who's been living and breathing with Jalen Hurts for two years. So we will know he possesses the answer on whether or not the Bears keep Fields. Have a good day, guys. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. Interesting idea. That is an interesting idea because you wonder how that balances with Ryan Poles and where he came from because he's looking for the next Mahomes. We'll run all this by the great man himself, Mr. Dan Pompey, joins us next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. NFL Hall of Fame writer reporter Dan Pompey with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always a delight to talk to our dear friend Dan Pompey. And he joins us as all guests do on the score hotline brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Dan, good morning. How are you? I'm wonderful, guys. How are you today? We are living the dream, and it has been uh, 
it's been a while, I guess, since we talked to you. It's been a week, and man, a lot has happened. We have a new Super Bowl champion. We have, uh, we do not have a new Hall of Famer. And the last time we talked to you, uh, you had presented Devin Hester. You said it was a very lively conversation. He did not get into the top 10. It, it feels like he took a step back. It, it is a difficult thing, given the limited time on the field, to get a a kick return or punt return, to get a return guy into the Hall of Fame. Were you frustrated by the process, Dan? Well, you know, I, I understood where people were coming from, and there was a lot of conversation about him. Um, there was uh, – I was kind of surprised, though. I was a little taken aback because there were things said – and brought up by a number of voters this year uh, that weren't brought up last year. And uh, most, most of it had to do with the fact that, well, he's just a special teams player. And he, you know, he only played so many snaps. Right. How, you know, how do you compare that to uh, Joe Thomas, who was on the field for you know, 65 snaps a game or whatever? And um, you know, that's, that's the challenge with, with Devin Hester. He's unique in NFL history. There's not another pure special teams player who's in the Hall of Fame other than, you know, uh, a couple of kickers and a punter. Uh, so, um, you know, that's that's what that's what we're facing with him and we're going to continue to face with him. Uh, but hopefully we can, uh, you know, continue to make the case that uh, what he did with fewer snaps had greater impact. And, um, you know, I think another point that that I'm certainly going to keep hammering is that, you know, if you look at his all-purpose yards, uh, there's still that's a big number. You know, he's got more than than all the three wide receivers who were finalists who we were talking about in all-purpose yards. Of course, some of that was from his receiving as well. But um, you know, you're talking about a guy who really uh, is, I mean, the greatest returner in NFL history and there will be a place in the Pro Football Hall of Fame for him. So I wondered a couple things after the news, Dan, is that, number one, how this year will affect next year, or in your experience, is every year different depending on the pool of candidates because this was a surprise that he didn't make the final 10. So that is the carryover effect was the first question. And secondly, how he took the news because he was so disappointed a year ago because he thought he was a first ballot guy. Yeah, I – I'm not sure about the carryover. I, I can only hope that, you know, we can kind of create a new narrative next year. I could tell you this. He has got a lot of really avid supporters in that room. I know that. They've, they've spoken up on his behalf. They've told me so in conversations. Uh, but there are some who are, are not uh, supporters or, or, you know, cannot warm up to the fact that he should be in ahead of some of these other players we're discussing. Um, I think, uh, you know, it, it might have worked against him a little bit too, that we had these three wide receivers in the conversation that really split a lot of votes. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, that, you know, because you had those guys, maybe that was a, a factor that worked against him. I don't know. Uh, but, but I hope that, uh, like I said, we could start over next year. Uh, there's going to be a couple of strong first-time candidates again next year in, in uh, Julius Peppers and Antonio Gates. Uh, but I think certainly uh, there will be room for him. You know, I'm, I'm glad 
we had a good class this year. I'll say that too. And I'm, I'm glad, especially that uh, Rondé Barber got in and Zach Thomas got in a couple guys who've been waiting for a long time and certainly were deserving. And um, you know, that's, that's part of the process, just kind of keeping the queue moving. And, and I think um, next year, there will be more guys and maybe Devin Hester will, will be one of them who have been in the queue. Uh, in terms of how he uh, responded, uh, I have not spoken with Devin yet. Mm. Yeah, uh, Dan, I think that when we uh, look at that Super Bowl, you, you come away with sort of marveling at, at how in six years of a career, five of which in, he played, Patrick Mahomes has put together a, a, a Hall of Fame uh, legacy. I mean, he, he he's already won two, been to three, been to five straight championship games, I, I, all at home. I don't know, um, I, you know, if some horrible event occurred, he'd be a Hall of Famer, which is hard to believe given the, the uh, length of his career at this point. Yeah, it really is. I mean, we, we talk about, people throw that term around, yep. future Hall of Famer, uh, way too liberally and without really, I think, grasping all the details of what that could mean. But in his case, it probably does apply already uh, because you've got those Super Bowl victories combined with MVPs. And uh, it's, it's pretty unusual and pretty special. And you wonder how many more of those Super Bowl wins are in his future, how many more MVPs, how many records are going to fall, you know, how long he's going to play. You know, could you imagine if he plays into his 40s like, like Tom Brady or Drew Brees uh, what this this guy can accomplish, and I mean, um, he's in a great situation, and he knows that. And, you know, I love the fact that he's acknowledged it. That, you know, maybe this wouldn't happen for him if he had gone somewhere else. Uh, but he's with a great coach. He's had great teammates, great organization, and that's that's helped enhance him and bring out his best. And of course, he's lifted everybody around him. So uh, it it really, I think, it's going to be a, a pleasure to watch him. And, you know, as we kind of say goodbye to Tom Brady and maybe say goodbye to Aaron Rodgers or soon we'll say goodbye to Aaron Rodgers, it's good to have a pipeline of great young quarterbacks in the league led by this guy. Obviously, the quarterback carousel will spin. Derek Carr is available. Now he's an X-Raider. Aaron Rodgers is in his darkness retreat. And we wonder where will these guys land and how it might affect the Bears because of teams who will be seeking quarterbacks in the draft. What's your best guess in terms of Carr, in terms of Rodgers, in terms of anybody else who is out there? Because the Lamar Jackson thing is also very interesting to see what happens with him in Baltimore. Could he be on the move? Who's going to be the first one to sign or we get traded somewhere, Dan, that makes an impact? Well, you know, if, if uh, teams might be waiting on Aaron Rodgers to find out what that situation is going to be like, uh, which apparently we should know pretty soon, right? Maybe next week. Um and that's probably the first domino, although Derek Carr already is free to sign with anybody. If somebody really uh, thinks strongly of him, they could go out and make a deal for him. Obviously, the Saints were interested in him, in him already, uh, but that uh, nothing happened there. So uh, not to say something still might not happen with Carr. Um, but, you know, I think um, beyond that, uh, there might be uh, kind of a delay in some some things some some dominoes falling um 
I still kind of think Aaron Rodgers is going to be in Green Bay next year. I might be, be in the minority in that, but um, if he stays there, then you know you've got you've got fewer pieces in the market that are really going to demand a lot of attention. And, you know, maybe that that helps create the the market for uh, the draft picks, the the quarterbacks in the draft who will go high, and uh, that would obviously behoove the Bears. It's going to be interesting, Dan, because obviously you you think Houston wants a quarterback, and now we heard from the Colts owner yesterday saying he wants a quarterback. Uh, they want a young quarterback. That's why they hired their coach. Um, I I just wonder, have you heard anything about? Will Levis passing Bryce Young that somehow he's going to wind up being the guy that moves up the board? Is that just conjecture? Is that part of what happens during this process? Is that the kind of stuff we're looking for now? Well, I think it's all beauty in the eye of the beholder. Um, There are going to be some teams that are not comfortable with Bryce Young because he is such a different quarterback. He's an outlier at 510 or whatever he is 192 pounds uh, whether or not you know one of those teams is uh, the Texans or the Colts or, or a team that could be in play for uh, a quarterback very high in the draft that we're not sure of yet so um, it wouldn't shock me if if Will Levis did jump him um, but I think uh, there's there's a lot of time between now and the draft and uh, some of that has yet to be crystallized. So we're just, just going to have to watch the process and see how uh, things flow at the combine and in the, in the, in the uh, private workouts and, um, you know, what teams have to say and, and do between now and the end of April. Quickly, Dan, do you think Ryan Poles entertains trade offers, trade talks with teams about Justin Fields? I don't think so. Uh, I think, you know, they have to develop Justin Fields, try to continue to develop him. They're this far down the road now. You know, he's done enough that would make you think that, you know, maybe he can take the next step. And um, it, it would be, maybe it'd be different if there, there were a quarterback there at the top of the draft that you said can't miss prospect once in a generation. Then, then maybe you think about it differently, but that player's not there. Dan, you're the best. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. Okay. Appreciate it, guys. That is the great man himself, Mr. Dan Pompey. Interesting in terms of just what he thinks the Bears should do. Also, just uh, back to the Hester thing for a quick moment. Please. The, the the difference in year to year, depending on who's available, who's in the mix, Like the fact that Devin Hester wasn't a finalist this year but was last year, it's one of those things that doesn't make – any sense to me and yet I understand it you know what I mean it's it's not it doesn't compute but you look at who else got in and you think okay well this is why but it shouldn't be that way no but I think the other thing is that you've got to be aware of what the draft of what the hall of fame class is going to look like in a year or two so I, I can remember talking to to um to goose to Rich Goslin at the Super Bowl uh, year after year, where he would be very concerned. Like, we got a lot of pass rushers coming up. We got to start moving I, the line and getting some of these guys in because otherwise we're going to get bottled up. You have to have that mentality when you're looking at Hall of Fame classes. And, and it feels like this was a year where they got some guys in that had been waiting their turn. And, and the idea that Hester kind of got 
stuck in the log jam is a tough one because it's a tough one. I think Dan's right. I think there is support. I think he will eventually get in, but it's not going to be as easy Does as we thought. Does it make it easier to take for him? No, he's taking and it And I also think about the cap at five people. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. I don't know about that. All right, three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We got some people want to check in. We're going to take your calls. It's Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio six seven of the score. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. So we had some fun earlier in the program. We were talking about um, uh, Pakoda, I believe. Yes. And Dustin wanted to know if, um, you know, if Pakoda stands for, you know, whatever it is. I'll go look it up again if you want. But it's a a, uh, acronym. It's Player Empirical Comparison and Optimization Test Algorithm. And so Dustin wanted Pakoda. to know, he, he was daring the texters to come up with a Rhodes. Or us. Or us. And we finally have completed our uh, acronym. Well, I came up with one. Yes. And you, you one-upped me. I didn't one-up. Well, no, it's pretty good. So mine is really hot opinions, assuming dramatic emotional stimulus. Because that's Dustin. That's the Rhodes. That is very good. Projection. That's, that is definitely... Well, you had more time to think about it. I took my time. <laughs> you did take your time. Now, he's going to get mad at me when he hears mine. <laughs> it's, it's created with love, Dustin, and I'm trying to capture your essence. Oh, it's, it's full of love. Um, it would be reduced height, ornery agitator, defining extreme single-mindedness. <laughs> the reduced height was a joke. I fully expected that. <laughs> it, was, it was with love, though, Dustin. Apparently. It was with love? With love. Uh, and I, I feel it after, after Valentine's Day that I had, I, I can feel the love. Yes, yeah. thank you. I needed yeah. that. No, but I mean, like, Dustin accuses me of towering over him whenever I stand next to him. It's awful. <laughs> but that's not, you didn't stop there. The reduced height, ornery agitator. He's very ornery, and he is an agitator. But defining extreme single-mindedness? Don't you think that's accurate? Mm. When Dustin gets a dog, when, when the dog gets a bone, it chews on the bone, I, and I, it doesn't want to give it up, I think right? defining extreme single-mindedness is more insulting than me saying assuming dramatic emotional stimulus. But he defines, Dustin, if you ever get in an argument with Dustin, he has a tendency to repeat his opinion as if that was an argument. I, I'm saying that that is a, an example of the dramatic emotional stimulus. He is emotional when he argues. I don't think that he's necessarily single-minded, as you imply. Dustin, which of our two um, acronyms would you find more appealing? The Rhodes or... Projection. Which one would yes. you want the Rhodes Projection? Which when one you... do you think In Wikipedia. is more you versus which one you like more? I don't know. Well, I mean that—that's the you know which one is more me? Probably yours, unfortunately. <laughs> but I, I like David's better. Maybe the, maybe the people at Obvious Shirts would like to, you know, make a make a shirt, or maybe maybe you could buy that shirt on six seventy the score dot com. I, I think oh, Dustin God. also what he's trying to say is he's just glad we spelled his name correctly. Yes, yes. most people leave out the A. Yeah, but and, we, and and Dustin, to be honest, and this is the maybe a little bit of a shot, but some days I'm just glad you spelled your name correctly. I'm yeah, surprised. Me and a spelling bee not gonna <laughs> not gonna do very well. The, the a texture says I don't know about reduced height, but the rest is dead on. Um, the, the reduced height was a joke. Yeah. Because he that's one of his things. He would have played in the league had he been about 
Bully well, site. Five inches tall. Yeah, exactly. So in other words. So there you go. I, See, I, I, I push yeah, back. This is the touche of the argument. This right. is always this is always it. I've wasted my size in life. Dustin would have used it to play in the league. The reality is I'm like far too short and not big enough to play in the NFL. Well, what position? Depends on what well, position. Well, he wants to be a, a guard. I, I don't or a think, tackle yeah, that, that would have or been. Or a center, right? You'd be a center. A center. He'd be okay. a center if he said yeah. He wanted to be a center if he had I can pull like size. Kelsey. Yeah, he can pull yeah. like Jason yeah. Kelsey. He, he thinks like you're basically – I can go when, second level. When you tell me that I've wasted my height and, and uh, I've never heard strength, him say that he, you've wasted your height. Well, he has. He said it yeah. to me many times. It means you, you he say, thinks I'm soft. You say you're implying that I – I've never said that out loud. Oh, out loud! <laughs> <laughs> Seeing if people are listening That's what right he's there. saying. Yeah. That's See, what now, he's saying. I don't think that you – like it's not a, a matter of size or stature as much as it is just skill set, speed, and athleticism. That's mm-hmm. what you. That's what. That's separates. what I'm missing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what you're missing. <laughs> Specifically, uh, you got the size. Yeah, you yeah. got the size. You, you depending. Not on, really. Well, you. I mean, we've been in locker rooms. It's not even close. Right. Well, it depends. Yeah, on but if you take it back playing. to the '90s, you could be a punter. You have a good, you have a good yeah, I, leg. I, I, you could, I could have been a punter. Could have been a field goal kicker. You could have been a field goal kicker. But uh, you, you know. could have been the guy that you goes ever, out there and slips on the Super did Bowl you field. Ever, did you ever attempt a field goal? Like, I, have you ever I, you messed know, around like on a legitimate field? We did a field? thing. We did a thing uh, before a game one time, where you know we were all lined up mm-hmm. and uh, and kicked a field goal, and and like I lined up and right before I kicked it, I just moved to my right and kicked it left footed just as a just as a kind of joke. Mm-hmm. And Michael McCaskey was there and he was like, oh, that was left footed. And I said to him, Yeah, I, I could kick with either foot, Michael. I played soccer my whole life. Which was your better foot though. You had to have a stronger um, foot. So I took panels in high school and I used to take I used to take right footed panels for power and left footed for, for I, I worked on my left foot so much. Okay, if you had a thirty five yard field back, goal to get your team advanced. I'd probably to, go right footed. All right. But if I if I were just trying to place the ball, I'd probably go left footed. What kind of range would you have? Uh I've never tried. I wouldn't know. It's hard, man. I mean we yeah. we kicked it from like the oh, I, ten yard line and I was surprised at, at how uh difficult it was. Kicking's rough. That was my yeah. weakest uh in punt, the pass, pass and kick, kick yeah. yeah. Always worried about the kick. Yeah. The punt, not so much. The 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 passing, great, but not the yeah. not the kick. The kick's hard. One I, of the funniest things ever was after the doink, which was so hard, the double doink. Oh yeah. Was that promotion that they ran? Oh I, yeah. Who I don't remember who. I think ran it was it. Mike was it North, a, wasn't it? No, no. Goose Island. Goose, Goose Island. It was free beer for. But guys, time, it was right? like yeah. in the middle of winter, and guys it, it were falling. Like they arts. were like in an alley, and bad people were footing, just going. Yeah, it was bad circumstances. Right. It was it, it was there? very funny social media, like belly laughing. Some of those attempts. Yeah, I, I don't, it's a lot harder than people. It, think. it is hard. Yeah, unless you are, that's what you do for a living, and that's you you perfect. Yeah, the routine and the rhythm, but it's very difficult. Well, if you think about Robbie Gold, right? I mean, he he. It's like a golf swing for him. But it was what it's was interesting. Smooth. He came out of Penn State, and and that was like didn't go anywhere. And he was working at a construction firm when he did the tryout with the Bears, and and he had been in camp with New England, and New England did pretty well with those guys, and they reduced his like he had taken like an extra yard or something, and they changed his footwork. So when he came to the Bears, he, he was 
dead on. I mean, he really was an accurate kick. Do you think the footwork is what it's all about? I think the footwork is really important. I think the footwork's important. But I think the leg strength, and I mean, you know, I played with guys that had great leg strength, incredible, you know, just amazing because, you know, it's all about loading up and, you know, it's really interesting if you learn how to kick. And and I had a friend of mine, I went to a clinic one time and he was doing, um, he was just practicing shots and he had this, this kind of um, Bobby Charlton way of like stretching his leg and striking the ball almost off the air. And it was unbelievable the power you generate. Were your penalty kicks just powerful or were they just I was, accurate? I was more accurate. I was okay. placing the ball. You were the, you were and I missed penalties. Don't, don't get me wrong. I've, I've missed penalties. I've never heard you describe one you missed. Yeah. No, no. I, I've missed. You I keep hit, bragging about I the ones one, you made. No, no. I hit one I, right off the bar that got us eliminated one doink. time. It was awful. It was terrible. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's rough. But I mean, you Glad know, you're over it. It's yeah. It's not like I'm not, you know, reliving it on a on a weekly basis. But it's hard. I mean, it's it, because of the pressure of the moment, and that's field goal kicking. I think it's you know what you got to do is just stay in your routine, hit your spot, not worry about it. Hard. Good advice. Difficult thing to do. The, uh, isn't there a movie? It's like the anxiety of the kicker or the anxiety of the goalie over the taking of the penalty kick. I think that's the name of a movie. That's a long name for a movie. That's some experimental thing about some goalkeeper who commits murder and then is running around in the middle of the night, as I recall. All right, three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We got to get back into it. We got to talk about this Bulls team. We got to talk about what's going on with them. What we expect tonight, we've got the Bears. It's Bears season to run the clock, for God's sake. We've got uh, baseball, pitchers and catchers reporting. There's a lot going on. I'm just hopeful, and it's just a dream, that maybe we have a winning team out of baseball this season because we can't find one anywhere Pakota says no way. Yeah. And so Rhodes disagrees, R-H-O-A-D-E-S. Yeah. That's right. Reduced time. Never mind. Mully and Haw on the score.